I was there. I don't have to listen to it. <laughs> this week's show because it was a disaster. When you live in a beach resort, it's easy to forget whether you are playing or working. On each week's show, we settle in with a cocktail and try to figure out if there is a difference. This is Day Drinking on Delmarva. I am Todd from GoodCleanFunLife.com. And I am Tony Russo, no relation, and you're listening to Day Drinking on Delmarva, a show about life and culture on the Delmarva Peninsula. Todd drinks because he gets to live here. I drink because I have to live here. And I know I say this every week, but really never so much more as this week. This has been a long, long, difficult week on the peninsula for me. Yeah. Um, but I'm not drinking this very second only because I ran out of time because I, I have the rest of the afternoon off. So this is my last cup of coffee. Don't call me in another two hours because I'm not going to have anything intelligible to say. <laughs> hey, Tony, I think that we should uh, you should bring back the Snapchat lives with the glowing balls. You know, the weather down here turned <laughs> 50 degrees and, uh, you know, and now it's like all of a sudden I'm like, I want to do a fire. I want to see Tony's pond with the glowing balls. That oh, you know what? Maybe I dust. will. My, my children actually yelled at me. They said that's not how Snapchat is supposed to work. And they made me stop. Well, damn so well you're, you're a professional. So I, yeah. I'll say, you know what? Well, you, you, you don't know. Todd knows. Todd's, Todd's, the, Todd's the Snapchat guy. Did I do that on Snapchat? Is that I don't I know. Do that? I think you did do it on Snapchat. I think Snapchat is actually, uh, it is solidifying itself as, you know, the next generation communication platform. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with not being part of the metaverse and, and that sort of thing, which is stuff we'll get into in a minute. We absolutely will. I do want to say my, uh, my, my niece Corinne celebrated her 15th birthday this week and one of the things that I do, I, I did it for my my uh, her brother, Charlie. He was the first one I think I did it for. But it occurred to me um, that I could say happy birthday to them on Snapchat. Yeah. And so I said to Charlie and now I do it every year. But at first I said to Charlie, like, you know, happy birthday. My present to you is you're not going to get an awkward phone call from me at dinner asking you how school is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so perfect. And so every time I do something like weirder and weirder and weirder and here for my uh, for if you're listening, I'll, I'll put the I'll put the photo on the um, on the on the feed. But if you're watching, I have a pigeon head that my wife got oh, yeah. me because anything pigeons people see and they feel like I need to know. So and they, I have a they pigeon think of skull. you. So I like I called Corinne on Snapchat and I said happy birthday from the pigeon head and you know I, I did a little a skit with the pigeon head and it's fun and i don't i just don't know enough people i guess i could just use snapchat like twitter if i felt like it yeah absolutely and, and you know and we talked about it a long time ago uh it is one of the things that i like about it as considering myself a creator is when you open the app, the first thing that it opens is not a feed, but the camera. So it's like the, the first instinct is for you to create something. And, uh, you know, and it's almost like a, a walkie talkie for everybody. Cause you can have groups and you can have individual messages, but it's, you know, it's gamified to make sure you're, you're keeping your streaks going and talking to people on, on a regular basis. And even if that means just, 
shooting something stupid and sending it to them, like, you know, uh, I mean, or, you know, just your face and weird faces. And because of the, the brevity of it, because it goes away, it, it creates this less manicured, less, uh, uh, you know, perfect filter of, uh, of your life. And I, and I feel like that's a good thing, especially the way everything else is, is going. I'm a, I'm a convert. So I will, it's a beautiful night tonight. I have a cigar. I'm going to go out back tonight. I'm going to have a cigar. I'm going to do the, uh, I'm going to do the ball races again. You can follow me on Snapchat. I, I think it's probably at by Tony Russo on Snapchat as well. Um, and, um, yeah, that's fun. All right. So I'm back on Snapchat. All right. That's where this is the movement. The, the middle-aged men are getting back on Snapchat. We're, we're taking it back. We're, we're, we're taking it back. I heard, um, for work this week, there's all sorts of demographics about how Gen X is still using Facebook and mm. it just didn't ring true to me. I mean, I, yeah. I feel, I feel like, cause I try, I just, you know, I go on and I'll look at the first four photos and I'll, I'll like them or whatever. And I, I put things that I write on there, but I haven't, I can't, I can't find myself engaging in this, but maybe, maybe a uh, Snapchat's my thing. Maybe, maybe yeah. we'll see. We'll see this week, um, but uh, hopefully Snapchat's my thing. Um, well, stick with it. Yeah. So I don't know if I got to tell you this last week or not, and I want to encourage everyone to, as I always do. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to be the sponsor this week because I got shit oh, to say about my sponsors. <laughs> each, oh, week we're sponsor- each week we're sponsored by a local business that we like. Um, this week it's mine, and mine is um, just me doing writing and stuff, and I have a sub stack. And it is called a bagel manifesto. You can find it at a bagel manifesto.com. And I got my first paid subscriber last week. Okay. Which was shocking because I didn't have it set up for paid subscribers. Okay. And so what I discovered is on Substack that if someone wants to pay you, even if you don't have it set up for payment, they can just send you money. But then right. I had to set it up and I had to put in tiers and things like that. So if you want to pay me just because you like me, you can do that on Substack now. One person did, and it was a total stranger. They just really liked a couple of my stories and they wanted to, you know, become like a founding member or something like that. And it was just, just, it'll get you out of the bed in the morning sometimes. It was yeah. really, it was really, really, it was really flattering to, to, to be acknowledged in that way. And, um, and so, I mean, if, if you've, you're you've written, go ahead, you've, you've written several books, you've, uh, you've been podcasting on multiple podcasts for, for many, many years, but finally you made it. Yeah, I guess, Substacks, I guess some, one person subscribed you, you're there. and that's, and again, that'll just get you through the night sometimes when you need it. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited about that. Also, if you want to mark your calendars down, I have an event in Berlin on, I believe it's April 8th. If April 8th is a Saturday, then that is when it is. Yes. April 8th, I believe it's at the, um, no, it's definitely at the Greyhound bookstore in Berlin, mm-hmm. 1 PM with G Williams and, some other guy talking about our books, speaking of our books. Nice. And as always, you can follow me at, at by Tony Russo on Snapchat. And that's the only place because that's what yeah. I'm doing from now on. I'm Snapchatting and I'm going to learn to love it. Yep. Embrace it fully. All right. And so now moving into the actual 
guts of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. This we we usually start off talking about social media and things of that nature associated with, you know, because it's mostly what Todd does and it's half what I do. Uh, and then we move on to news. But today we're clearing the deck to just talk about social media and specifically TikTok, fascism and the collapse of Western civilization. <laughs> So, Tony, you're feeling good coming into this. And uh, uh, I had I had a similar conversation with my daughter this morning. And, you know, if, if you t- if you pay attention to the news, it can be pretty bleak. Um, I did mention that I have the tendency to be a arranging the deck chairs on the Titanic type of guy. Uh, actually, I think you might appreciate uh, the the Bill Burr comment about uh, like, why worry about something that you have no control over or why worry about something until there's something to worry about? Oh, he says it better, but um, (laughs) so just for, for context, we started the conversation talking about uh, your, your daughter's politically active and politically interested. And it just seems like there's no place to hide from it. And I just finished reviewing a book, about fascism called the Midnight Kingdom, and the link to my review will be in the show notes. And so mm-hmm. we were talking about fascism, and then we were talking about TikTok. TikTok. And so yes. there are all sorts of conspiracy theories around TikTok. You start with yours, and then I'll tell you mine, and then we'll take it out that way. Well, the the one that we were that my daughter and I were talking about this morning, and she actually sh- shared a video with me that I'll have to get the link to. It uh, is basically a guy who does, you know, commercial television work. He has a commercial studio and he's create and he's like some nobody out of uh, just outside of Seattle. But he talks about, you know, stuff in the news and tries to give a, a uh, you know, unbiased commentary or, or information about it and a little bit of his own commentary. Anyway, he's talking about the potential government ban of TikTok. And, uh, you know, he, he said some things that I've always said about, you know, if the main concern is about them stealing information, you know, any, any agency uh, out there can buy your information very easily from any number of sources, both legally and illegally. Uh, if, if, Sorry, if I have to break in with some breaking news and a public service announcement. Okay. Just when you thought it couldn't get worse. If you're listening to this, you might listen to some other podcasts. If you listen to some other podcasts, you certainly have heard a BetterHelp commercial. Uh, BetterHelp is a company that does online counseling. And Mm. since everybody's losing their mind, it's harder to find counseling. So they, they do online counseling and they, you know, your first hour is for free. um, When you, um, when you sign up for, better help they were fined seven ish million dollars by the ftc for selling your psychiatric information to facebook and instagram so that they could better target you for ads wow wow i mean that's i mean the bedrock of therapy is the client patient uh uh, privilege right i mean yeah wow but, yeah isn't that crazy that is crazy so. because it's one and so here's the thing it's like uh 
I mean, and this speaks to, to exactly my point. If, it's one thing if to be able to figure out what your habits are, or if you, you know, post silly pictures of the glow balls in your, <laughs> in your pond behind, but to, you know, to then like delve into deepest, darkest concerns and secrets and, and, and that sort of thing. That's uh that, Hey man, that's, that Good, Tony uh, Russo has an eating disorder. Show him more <laughs> Kit Kat videos. <laughs> it's a, and it's all in in the name of selling selling stuff. Right. Target him with dominoes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, basically, I, I just imagine Zuckerberg sitting there going, All right, we already know everything about everybody except for their deepest, darkest secrets. So until we can capture that inside their brain, let's go to the next level of finding deepest, darkest uh, stuff to obviously monetize. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail the TikTok thing, but it's about, you know, this idea about spying. Being yeah. Unpreventable. Well, yeah. And well, and, and uh, what this, what the theory is, is that the real reason that they would ban TikTok is because TikTok uh, has a better agenda of showing you the types of things that you want to see and that its uh, user base has grown so tremendously and so quickly. It's still smaller than Facebook's user base, interestingly, but larger than uh, Instagram's. And, uh, and, and people are able to share information, communicate, and, uh, and aggregate things that they are interested in. So it's an incredibly helpful tool for spreading information or maybe uh, negating misinformation or, you know, promoting misinformation. But I think, I think the real, where the rubber meets the road is the government is like, oh, we can't have all of these young people communicating ideas so freely. Well, I, I that's not a bad theory. I heard, I heard one that I like better. Okay. Um, <laughs> only because in a world where there's WhatsApp, you know, owned by mm-hmm. Facebook, um, and that is the trick. It's it's the trick is who owns it. This, so the conspiracy theory that I heard is that TikTok, they want to ban TikTok. Um, big tech is pressing to have TikTok banned because there's um, there's a there's this they pay creators, I guess, on TikTok pays creators. Yeah. And um, Instagram and uh, Facebook don't pay creators anymore and so more and more people who make stuff like me i don't i mean we've had this conversation a thousand times Mm -hmm. i'm done working for twitter and i am done working for facebook i'll put my stuff up there but if i have anything to write i'm going to write it on my own platform that i own i'm still not going to make any money except for you know my my wonderful wonderful sponsor who i don't even know and i think about them all the time i'm like i hope they like this story because you know, I'm taking the extra effort to make sure this is even better because someone actually paid for it, which is yeah. weird. It's not something I ever thought of myself. But um, anyway, and I like that. I like the notion of TikTok not of TikTok paying people and Facebook being mad and saying, well, TikTok's paying people. Yeah. But there's a flip side to that coin that's worth considering. So TikTok is a Chinese company. Mm-hmm. And there is serious friction between the U.S. and China, in case you missed that part of the news. <laughs> um, 
and so there is there there is this at, there is this kind of weird balance between like should we should we have the eyes of a hostile foreign power in all of our hands and homes as opposed to a hostile Local national power, power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hostile, a hostile homegrown power. Um, yeah. But the other difference, and this is where I believe, this is where I believe the theory is right, but for the wrong reasons. TikTok can pay creators for the same reason Facebook can't pay creators. And that's TikTok doesn't have the same kind of tax liability that Mm. Facebook has because Mm. TikTok is in a different country and they don't have to pay the same kinds of taxes. And so my wife was explaining the TikTok conspiracy to me. Most of what I just told you, I heard from her. I've not seen a word of it, Uh, but she said that she heard it and that, you know, it wasn't her, it wasn't out of her head either. Um, But I said, you know what? You sound awful lot like um, big steel, you know, right. Oh, well, Japanese steel is too cheap. We have to do something to keep. This is an intellectual trade war that we're in the middle of. Yeah. To think of it in those terms kind of, I think, resets resets what we're what we're talking about. Like, are we talking about using anti-competitive practices um, to steal market share from American companies from uh, foreign companies because we have always been for that, right? Yes, we need steel tariffs. Yes, we need to stop other countries from making money at the expense of our countries. But that is, of course, when there are people in the mines digging up steel and digging up coal and digging, like when there are people doing things. But Facebook doesn't do anything there's not a no one gets dirty making money i'm sorry their souls get filthy but none (laughs) of their hands get dirty yeah you you don't think of you know facebook laid off whatever eighteen thousand people right right if the steel industry laid off eighteen thousand people there would be a war in pennsylvania yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you know but facebook laid off eighteen thousand people and they're like okay well i'll just open a sub stack it's fine yeah Um, and so this idea of I, I I wonder if we're going to see more of this kind of globalist slash localist because Facebook has different rules in different countries that it has to follow as well. Right, right. One, one would expect anyway. Well, that's that's one of the things that they were talking about with Twitter in terms of like uh, the, you know, Elon Musk wanting to make it a free speech platform. And, and it's like that, like, uh, you know, all free speech all of the time is like an American construct. It's that, that doesn't, that doesn't fly in Singapore where they do have uh, uh, tw- Twitter. And, and I've heard that even in some countries, there has to be a local, Twitter employee so that if they break one of the local laws, they can be thrown in jail. You know? Wow. Like, yeah. That's a job I wouldn't take. How much would it cost for you to represent Twitter in Singapore? What kind of <laughs> annual salary are you looking at there? They can people in Singapore, right? I, I don't know. I don't know. I have heard that Singapore is one, has one of the uh, more 
satisfied populations, like in the happiness scale, because they they're nobody to say they're steps, not. Yeah, because nobody steps out of line. <laughs> I think that the 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 question isn't whether anybody steps out of line. It's the question of anybody wants to step out of line. Like if yeah. you take away, if you if you eventually make it so that people aren't interested in stepping out of line, yes, they'll be, they'll be happier as long as they continue to not want to step out of line, as long as nothing happens to them to make them feel like they would want to step out of line. And that my friends is the, you know, the history of revolutions in general, like things. I can't imagine, you know, a lot of times they talk about, you know, are we going to have, excuse me, um, a lot of times I, they talk about, are we going to have a civil war here? You know, people get really, and I'm like, things are still too good. Like I can't, you, you can't imagine how garbage things would have to be before right. we had some sort of conflict in the streets here. Cause there's just too much to lose. Yeah. You know, there's too much, there's too much of our own convenience to lose. It's like, right. yeah, I mean, like I want things to change, but you know, I also want to use TikTok. So <laughs> that's surprisingly optimistic coming from you. I feel like, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's, 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 it's not optimistic. It's even more cynical. It's we're too lazy to care about our freedom. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. As long as, as long as all, as long as there's at least one streamer, that's less than $20 a month, there is never going to be a revolution in the, in the United States of America. Yeah. If, if, if the streamers get too expensive, or God forbid, if they streamers go out of business, then there'll be a problem. But as long as um, my other conspiracy theory that goes with the streamers, and I'm going to say this to you and you're not going to be able to unthink it. So <laughs> buckle in. I'm prepared. Okay. So there's Downton Abbey. There's all of these English, uh, you know, isn't it cool to be the queen kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's succession. Isn't it cool to be these rich people kind of thing? It's humanizing them. Yeah. Like the reason that we have this shows, these shows is to humanize them so we don't drag them out of the out of their houses and put them in guillotines. Like, oh yeah, rich people have it hard too. I never thought about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those, those, those poor Romanovs. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? They, they were just, young girls. They were just trying to do their best. And <laughs> these filthy peasants and their starving children just wouldn't go away you know and it's it's really i don't think we take seriously enough what we watch on television i mean i've always thought that so that's yeah well that that is that is a good uh thing and it and you know i guess where i thought you might be going and and maybe this is the point humanizing them but also preparing for you know the autocratic theocracy you know Yeah. You know, this, this is divine, right. You know, all, all of that crap. It's like, well, you know, they, they had that over there. It seemed to do all right. It's the same as the, I mean, cause I was a zombie. M. I am a zombie enth- enthusiast. Um, and it was the same thing. Like everyone thinks that they're the ones that are going to survive the zombie apocalypse. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the lower class person that's going to get led into the Downton Abbey house because I'm mm. so fucking charming. Right. Mm-hmm. And, so I'll be part of I'll be part of the winners. I I won't be part of the masses that are left to starve in Nebraska. You know, I'll, right, I'll be right. I'll be elevated because I'm useful somehow to some 
rich person somehow. And that's all it takes to keep us off the streets. And, and I mean, you know, and here's to them for, for doing, they're doing the hard work of keeping us <laughs> off the streets. And the it Downton, would be the Downton Abbey's of the world. And it would be rude to not at least acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, that's very similar or it makes me think about when I first heard the uh, theory that the hugely popular show cops is basically just propaganda, um, you know, and, and like humanizing the struggle of, uh, you know, the, like the, the yeah, police officers and have to beat up all these meth meth heads every night. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. that's I I I feel like and I don't the reason that I distinguish them from conspiracy theories is because I don't think they're that intentional. I don't think that there's some evil guy sitting mm. at NBC or wherever they do cops saying we have to make people more afraid. You know, right. they're saying this is cheap and people will fucking love it. You know, yeah. and that's that's yeah. the beginning yeah. and end yeah. of what they're thinking. Like to attribute malice to a corporation is to misunderstand what a corporation does. Like right. the right. second right. that it becomes more profitable to not have gasoline, they'll stop having gasoline. <laughs> yeah. They're right. not committed to having gasoline. They're committed yeah. to making a profit and whichever way the profit comes and to again at least at least you can expect at least that makes them predictable right yeah not good but at least at least predictable we we see how we see how the the uh, whole the whole thing is going to go right Uh, and that's the 10th time i've used the word predictable because i'm going to get to just real quick the story that i've written and you can see it on my uh big manifesto Substack, and it's fascism and and uh and little league and the what what we've been kind of talking around the the idea behind the the singapore thing is that if you get it if you get people used to being restricted they don't notice that they're restricted mm-hmm. and the latest thing that's happened in delmar is that they've locked up all of the uh baseball fields so you can't play on them unless you're part of a league and part of a team and that just drives me bonkers. Mm. Um, I have a deep and abiding hatred for people who, not for people, I uh, have a deep and abiding hatred for the notion that kids, everybody gets a trophy thing is somehow, it's somehow a problem. Um, right. For several reasons. Uh, but for me, the main reason is that's the only way you're allowed to play anymore. You're not allowed to play if you're not in a league and the registration, because there's a registration fee, the registration fee includes a fucking trophy. Like, you know, these are people are people are like people like when I was a kid, we didn't have to do you're doing it. You are the one who signs your kid up for baseball and demands that for the seventy five dollars it costs, you get a hat and a trophy and a goddamn shirt. That's you. That's that's not them. That's you. You know, it's not making the kids weak. It's just that, well, kids don't want to play unless they don't, unless they get a trophy. Yeah, because you're forcing them to have fun. <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. lock up the field. They can't just go and play because they would just go and play, you know, and as we complain that kids won't go and play, 
look around, see where they can play. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get Todd up on his soapbox, but you know, the no skateboarding signs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like you were in your thirties and still had a skateboarding is not a crime thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and even now, uh, you know, as a 49 year old man, I, I can, uh, still ride a skateboard. However, I might get, uh, the local constable to, yeah. to wave me over if I ride it down main street and, you know, and it is, uh, it's, crazy it's crazy that's the thing if you think about ocean city or if you think about ocean pines and i i honestly don't mean this as a criticism but it's something to think about um well if we give them a skate park and we have hours and we have rules and we have insurance then when we see them riding on the street we can say no 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 there's a place where you do this there's a place to break the rules this is a place for breaking the rules go there everyone who wants to break the rules goes there and breaks the rules together in a very formatted kind of way (laughs) yes yes and everybody's like oh all right cool well as long as there's a place to break the rules then i'll go there and break the rules and that's fascism (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and we don't even know it it's creeping fascism it's not yeah. Everybody has to join the Hitler youth and walk around in brown shirts. It's like, well, if you want to play, these are the rules for playing. If you want to play by yourself, you cannot. Yeah. If you yeah. and your buddies want to go get up a get up a baseball game and you live in Del Mar, there's literally no place to do it except yeah. the street. And as you'll see in my essay, they made it illegal to play in the street. So it's illegal to well, play in the street and it's illegal to play in the parks unless you're I will- paying to play. This uh, we'll we'll have to make a mark uh, and and remember this because all winter long, uh, it's it, it seems that it's been the entire season. Periodically, I'll be driving past the fire station in Berlin, and there's a big open field uh, behind the fire station next to Atkins, yeah. where the you know the train tracks go through, and there's been this group of kids that have been out there throwing the football around. And it is the most heartwarming thing because they're kind of like they look to be on a bit on the younger side. And then now every once in a while you see some older kids and they're playing. It's not like they're just like throwing the ball around They're you know, but they're not practicing. They're not practicing. You can play and not practice sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Down set, go, you know, running plays. And um, again, just driving by, it's so heartwarming. And I, of course, in my mind, I'm like, that's great. I want to encourage that. Uh, you know, if I had disposable income, I, I would, I'd get them like flags so that they could have flags to, you know, so it's not just two hand touch, whatever, give them something to, to make it better. But, you know, I, I would not be surprised if at some point some little old lady complains or, some lawyer sees uh, dollar signs, and yeah, uh, and that gets and that gets taken if fall, away. If you fall down, if you fall down on library property, the town is yeah. liable, and yeah, because the library yeah. is there too, right? That's where you're talking about that. Yes, right? yeah. Oh, the, the old the, library. The that's, old that's library. Right. You've got a new library in Berlin now. Yeah, we're fancy. And when I say new library, I mean from 2014 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Well, we ran up against it pretty quick. I was, I was, I was kind of wired for this one already. I was just, yeah. So, um, 
Until next week, uh, until next time, which hopefully is next week, uh, I got nothing else. How about you? Uh, I got nothing. All right. Well, remember, at the beach, it's happy hour whenever you say it is. Day Drinking on Delmarva with Todd DeHart and Tony Russo is produced weekly, mostly by dumb luck. You can join them Wednesday afternoons or find them online at daydrinkingondelmarva.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll check back in with you next week.